Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. As I watched the SpaceX mission launch towards the International Space Station on the television at the weekend and I screamed, escape while you can, at the astronauts on board, several things ran through my head. Firstly, were they only travelling 220 miles out of the Earth's atmosphere in order to check their eyesight? And secondly, have I been getting this all wrong all along? I mean... Have I just gone completely bonkers and actually the world and everyone running it is completely sane and doing it properly? I mean, just follow me with this for a second, right? What if, what if maybe as 60,000 people or thereabouts are dead due to government incompetence, maybe we should, like health secretary and that kid in school who had a briefcase while everyone else had lunchboxes, Matt Hancock, maybe we should, like he said, think that it's wonderful news that horse racing is going to come back, as if the Department of Health weren't having enough of a fucking mare already. Hey, maybe it just explains a lot that Hancock finds it calming watching an animal be forced to take risks that may result in death at the behest of people who have money. Maybe, right? What if maybe, as the country remains in level four of the coronavirus alert system, but lockdown is being lifted to nearly level one policies, with those shielding being told, oh, fuck it, have a go, why not? As though the government have realised they've screwed up, so they may as well go all the way hard. Maybe, just maybe, we shouldn't be hoping for a vaccine or proper government guidance or financial support. And instead, like Chancellor and natural-born estate agent Rishi Sunak, we should see Nando's reopening as the good news we've all been waiting for even though you'd have been certain that him and his colleagues would be absolutely terrified of a chain known for roasting chickens. Maybe, as Deputy Chief Medical Officer and Edna Mo Jenny Harris says, it is too dangerous to open playgrounds as it's impossible to make children do social distancing. But also, hooray, schools are back, well, except the private ones because they wouldn't want to risk it. Maybe, right, just maybe, instead of repeatedly asking why the Prime Minister's special advisor and the main cause of itchy teeth Dominic Cummings can still keep his job despite committing a breach of the law, we should just move on, you know, though not 260 miles to Durham Castle or you'll get a fine for not being important enough. What if maybe, right, what if, just go with me on this, what if maybe, as President of the United States and mistreated tuber Donald Trump says, Antifa are terrorists and the real fascists, because what could be more fascist than um, opposing fascism? Hey, maybe we should also be really concerned about antipasto. Are antenatal clinics safe for women or are they actually against babies? Maybe America had to step up its vile racism. It had to, you know, within its police force and government because the coronavirus doesn't discriminate. So, you know, I guess someone has to. Right. Wow. I mean, imagine being less moral than a virus. 
All I'm saying is maybe I've got it wrong and I should embrace the pointless hate and complete stupidity of humanity because isn't what we're all really looking for amid this pandemic a return to normality? And what could be more normal than white Western governments doing all they can to endanger the lives of minorities and the most vulnerable? I realised as I watched that SpaceX Dragon spacecraft fly into the sky that I'd just witnessed the beginnings of the privatisation of the outer realms and the next time we see a launch from the Kennedy Space Centre it'll be a transport full of only white billionaire Amazon Prime subscribers shouting fuck you at all of us left on a burning globe as they begin a new life on Neptune, the only planet where the climate will match their empathy levels. Hello and welcome to the Partly Political Broadcast, the comedy politics podcast that says black lives matter. I'm Tina Duyeb, and it's clear the world is currently being run by absolute fuckwits. I'm not sure if you've heard of the term Hanlon's razor based on Occam's choice of shaving tools. Hanlon's, though, is an aphorism that says, never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. Right now in the UK, or rather England specifically thanks to devolution, it's very hard to tell if the government's new lockdown lifting policies are born of malice, stupidity, malicious stupidity, stupid malice, or a simple one to make people ask them about anything other than Dominic Cummings. Even if the replacement question is, why have we got the highest death toll in the world? Because at least that can be waved away with a lifetime of ums and ahs, explanations that other countries might not count as well because they only invented numeracy, or how you can't say all those people have actually died as there's a chance they're just doing a long sleep, or it's your fault for not being optimistic enough. I mean, take the Prime Minister Boris Johnson, a sinking feeling wrapped up in a self-collapsed lung. And his appearance last Wednesday at the Commons Liaison Committee to answer questions on the coronavirus tackling plans. It took excruciating television to a whole new level as Johnson failed to answer or even understand almost anything he was asked by select committee chairs. And it would have been more comfortable viewing seeing Robert Durst choose his first wife's disappearance as his main subject on Mastermind. Of course, one of the big topics was about Dominic Cummings and queries on if any sort of accountability or apology might come from a man who'd not only failed the sociopath test, but also the Voight Kampf one. Johnson's response was just to move on, treating important issues with all the care he treats relationships, thinking he can flip to another before bothering to finish the last one. This has been the message from the government overall on the case of the special advisor, you know, who needed to go 260 miles for childcare and test his eyes driving to a castle. An action that not only showed there's one rule for us plebs and another for those in charge, but also increased my pandemic anxiety, as now I not only have to socially distance from people while out and about, but also have to be worried about getting hit by someone driving with their eyes closed. But it's not been entirely possible to move on as they want, because estimates say MPs nationwide received over 1,500 letters each complaining about Cummings' actions, and 99 Conservative MPs have publicly said he should resign, even including Psychoville character Philip Davis, whose usual opinions only ever range from being angry that equality exists, and is probably any second away right now from typing all lives matter into all caps on Twitter. But the government continued to defend the spad no one likes, firstly starting with testicle ulcer Michael Gove saying that he too would drive somewhere to test his eyesight with a child in the back and then Michael Howard said the same in a rare daytime appearance despite sunlight being a threat to his existence. It seems really bizarre to think that two government officials would condone dangerous driving just to protect a friend but at the same time maybe this is how the elite interpret rules and it would certainly explain every time Prince Philip has got into a car. 
On their one right-hand cabinet, members kept insisting what Cummings did was reasonable, lawful and under exceptional circumstances and you should all just move on, while with the other, also right-hand, insisting that it's your civic duty to isolate if you have symptoms. Though, of course, that does fit with their beliefs, as if they class it as civic duty, that means it won't apply to anyone who doesn't believe in the notion of community. Durham police revealed that Cummings had indeed breached the law by taking a day trip to Barnard Castle while experiencing Covid symptoms, but it was only a minor breach so they wouldn't be retrospectively charging him. You know, those minor breaches of the law, like say if you only sell a handful of drugs or stab one person instead of 30. It's basically like you haven't done anything, right? You haven't even tried. Meanwhile, the government said they won't review fines given to families who travelled for childcare in lockdown as it seems it's only exceptional circumstances if you're an exceptional piece of shit to begin with. The rest of Johnson's liaison committee meeting, including him saying he was forbidden from announcing any more government targets, meaning that either he as the Prime Minister takes orders from Cummings, or the Queen has got really, really bored of quarantine and decided to pull rank for laughs. Johnson's plan for youth unemployment post-pandemic is an apprenticeship scheme, because as we all know, young people will definitely be able to pay for their rent with exposure. And Johnson seemed shocked that foreigners living in the UK had no recourse to public funds, something that is clearly stated in the immigration bill that he backed that went through Parliament just the previous week. Maybe he just assumes that everyone in the country is able to get £53 million to not build a bridge whenever they like. It was Johnson's first ever appearance in front of the Liaison Committee in his 10 months as Prime Minister, and while he kept thanking them for asking him to appear, he also complained about them asking him any questions in the first place and wouldn't agree to return before September, by which point he'll probably have decided to take his paternity leave. The Prime Minister doesn't want a close examination and questions on anything his government are doing, as that would mean he'd have to read them and find out what they are. Not that reading any of them would really explain it, though, as lockdown lifting has begun, what with the coronavirus being nearly at a three, but you know, in the way that it's definitely still at a four. In the same way that R is lower than one because it's at 0.7 to 0.9, depending on the day and which way up you look at it. Any unreasonable idiot would see those stats and say, hmm, maybe lockdown should continue for the safety of everyone, but the government always like to pretend numbers are smaller than they are, whether that's to do with the economy, unemployment or the Prime Minister's children. Like someone who's sworn off drinking but then ruins it with one and decides, oh fuck it, it's a cheat day and gets battered, every day of last week brought a new lockdown lifting policy. The government insists that they're following the science, but there are still 8,000 new infections a day and several sage scientists have said it should be longer before lifting measures. So which science are they following? Or are they following it in a spy or hitman manner where they just lurk behind the science and strike it in the back when it's least expected? What does help is that we have a world-beating track-and-trace system, though it's not world-beating just yet, as apparently the Prime Minister said the aim was that it would be eventually, you know, once everyone else doesn't need theirs anymore and ours is the only one left. 25,000 contact tracers have now been trained, but number 10 can't say when the system will be fully operational, like the no-deal-of-coronavirus legislation, though the difference here is that track-and-trace actually does need to happen and probably won't. Reports say that track and trace staff aren't medically trained experts, but people employed by Serco and Zero Hours contracts have apparently just been sent a PDF and then have to do an online quiz. God knows what on, but I guess once they find out which character in Sex in the City they're most like, they'll be able to know exactly what tone of voice to call people in. A number of the track and trace staff have told journalists that they've spent hours being unable to log onto the system at all, let alone track anyone, so the tracing might just refer to them having to copy each other's results in order to get any sort of figures to report. As Matt Hancock says, the virus only exists to reproduce, you know, just like the Prime Minister, which might be why he's so unwilling to deal with it as he sees it as a kindred spirit and it's clear from the last week or so, well, or several years, that he likes to protect his own. So, here we are with a number of schools having reopened and people back at work because as the official government video says, all of us have a part to play. It's just that for many of us, we're the cannon fodder extras while once again all the private school kids take the lead roles. 
Rishi Sunak announced that the furloughing scheme will end in October at some point during the 15th wave, probably on account of whoever's left having at least 15 jobs each by then to fill all the vacancies. Employers will have to pay 10% of wages in September and 20% in October, meaning that most of the arts and entertainment world will cease to exist after August, petering out like one of the many ballads you'd get in one of those musicals you'll never ever see again. Meanwhile, self-employed support will continue in August at 70% of the applicants' profits, in line with furloughed workers, apparently, who get 80% of wages and for three months more. So it's obviously a much shorter line with an abrupt stop, like an exclamation mark placed in shock at how clearly Sunak doesn't understand how self-employed works, or rather right now doesn't. Sunak doesn't understand much, though, poor simple boy, as when asked by a member of the public what his plans for women who have newborns and have been on maternity leave so don't qualify for furloughing is, he replied that they're helping parents by opening schools. Yes, of course, Rishi. A bunch of corona-filled five-year-olds will look after your baby. I'm sure it'll be fine and you won't come home to find they've painted your precious one in watercolours and let them eat Duplo. People who've been shielding from coronavirus are allowed to see loved ones from this week, though NHS England hadn't been warned that the government would make this announcement, and it seemed a bit like it's something the government just made up on the spot. Still, if you are feeling vulnerable and suffer from underlying health conditions, I'm sure nothing will make you feel more confident about just heading out and about now, like the housing secretary and James Corden, but what if he was somehow even worse, Robert Jenrick, saying that they are reasonably confident that the virus is now manageable, a phrase usually only used in government before someone is fired. Jenrick said they aren't advising people to stop shielding, just saying that they can stop shielding if for some reason they've watched the news and given up on life. It's kind of like a passive-aggressive version of Dignitas. And Culture Secretary and man in the background of every shit wedding photo, Oliver Dowden, announced that competitive sport is returning, which probably means their only real plan for workers is some kind of Hunger Games at the end of the year. So that's sports players, you kids, and all of you going back to normal during a level 4 coronavirus alert. But who's being the national traitors and complaining about having to play their part? Well, surprise, surprise, many MPs are saying they shouldn't be heading back this week, what with the Commons being even more toxic than normal. The government say that Parliament needs to set an example to the rest of the country, but they already do, and so far it's told us that if the people setting the rules haven't got a clue how germs work, then maybe we shouldn't really listen to them at all. There have been mass protests in the US for six days after an African-American man named George Floyd was brutally murdered by a white police officer and yet another example of America being run by white supremacists, or orange ones. Demonstrations became violent on the first day because, well, they'd had enough of this endless racist shit. And of course, US police have seen it as a reason to retaliate even more violently, attacking not only protesters but also journalists, because it seems riot police is much more an instruction to the roided-up clan members than a title. Many right-wing Americans who are protesting against the government taking away their freedom as it imposed lockdown rules just weeks ago are now ecstatic that police officers are brutally attacking black people like the militia of an authoritarian regime because there's nothing more patriotic and American than purposefully not understanding your own values. There is a lot of condemnation of the protesters with people saying that by looting and being violent they aren't protesting properly. But I think there's no better compliment of a protest than the people you're protesting against being upset by it. Otherwise, it's just a love-in. Although, to be fair, in a pandemic, that might also be pretty effective. Donald Trump, as usual, will help the situation like a Molotov cocktail might help tackle a kitchen fire by tweeting a quote from a Miami police chief who was notoriously racist towards black people during the 60s. When the looting starts, the shooting starts, his tweet said, which isn't true because the looting only kicked off because shooting and strangling had already happened. Twitter flagged his tweet as containing violent content, which meant Trump then tried to take out an executive order against Twitter and Facebook, which on the plus side might lead to him doing weird lip sync rants on TikTok or trying to say racist things with an Instagram filter that makes him look like a dinosaur. 
Trump also cancelled all funding to the World Health Organization, which in any other week or lifetime would be one of the worst things he can do, but it was only the third worst thing in three days. It's either because he's a clueless, dangerous fuckwit, or arguably it could be because he felt threatened whenever one of his staffers said to him, you're giving money to who? And he thought they were asking about his tax returns. The hacktivist group Anonymous re-emerged after three years away to support the Black Lives Matters protesters and post on Twitter that Trump had pedo Easter Island head Jeffrey Epstein killed to cover up his own involvement in child trafficking and they threatened to expose the police force too. I often dream they'd pop up in the UK to unveil loads of horrible shit about Boris Johnson but I worry it'd be stuff we already knew and we'd just have to come to terms again with the fact that people happily elected absolute arsehole. In other news, seven former foreign secretaries have urged the UK government to form a global alliance to give a response to the current crisis in Hong Kong, where China is enforcing its secretly drafted authoritarian national security laws on the country. Foreign Secretary and human wet toweling Dominic Raab said the UK would not turn a blind eye, which either means it will drive the situation to a castle to test it, or more likely just ignore it and keep repeating that they're giving it the support it needs while doing absolutely nothing. Rob said the new security law very clearly violates the two-state autonomy as signed by the Sino-British Joint Declaration in 1997 and up to 3 million people registered as British citizens in Hong Kong could be eligible for UK citizenship if China go ahead with the law. Because nothing could be a greater offer than escaping oppression to hit a two-week quarantine before being launched into a leper island with absolutely no jobs. Labour MP and teacher from a BBC drama who's well-meaning but keeps missing the point, Rosie Duffield, has resigned after she breached lockdown to meet her partner. She apologised and quit her role in the Shadow Cabinet, which is stupid, as if she just shouted about being reasonable a lot and then driven to a castle with her eyes closed, she could have stayed in the job. Yes, yes, I've used that punchline a lot this week, but that's because I'm still livid that the arsehole can't even say the word sorry, which is a shame as it's a perfect description for everything him and the government do. And lastly, the Queen has said Boris Johnson is allowed to exercise in the grounds of Buckingham Palace, though it's entirely likely that he misunderstood her telling him to jog on. Yeah, slightly different intro this week, uh, but felt it was necessary. Ah, oh, it's been one of those has the world gone completely bonkers few days of news, hasn't it? Um, combined with the ever surreal nature of being forever at home in a lockdown that currently feels like if Sisyphus's daily punishment had been persuading a two-year-old to eat her dinner by giving every single item on her plate a different character and voice, uh, all telling her that she has to eat them. Uh, that is the only way that she will eat right now. And you might think that sounds fun, but you try finding constantly varied accents and voices for an entire bowl of rice. I mean, it's really hard. There's so many rice in one bowl. I started with, like, one gruff-voiced rice who sells rice cream and one high-pitched rice who, like, starred in Miami Rice. And then it descended really quickly until I ended up with one who worked for the US Rice Border Enforcement and I had to had to stop there. It got awful. On the plus side, it is a welcome distraction from turning on the TV and seeing that American police are being violently racist again or that the British government has given up and gone back to the herd immunity plan. Um, How are you all coping? Have you sent your kids back to school? It's tricky, isn't it? I mean, because while I definitely don't want to risk spreading the virus more than it already is, and let's face it, I mean, it seems to be given more freedom of movement than EU citizens with settled status. I also really, really want someone else to look after my daughter. Sorry, agent. I mean, how do you weigh those odds up? Do I let thousands more people potentially die as a result of my agent wiping her nose on a small plastic chair? Or do I keep doing different voices for her dinners until she eats something smaller than rice, like, say, couscous, and my brain just stops in order to save me? It's tricky. Very, very tricky. Life is complicated. Um, Thank you for coming back to the show, and I hope you are all doing okay. What with uh, all that's going on out there, wherever you may be, whichever currently despot ruled horror town that you live in, uh, because it is uh, very bleak, and I know the news is very misery making right now. Um, Firstly, before we get into anything else this week, uh, there is 
no interview. Uh, I'm very sorry. I let you all down. Uh, I tried and tried to get someone from the National Education Union to have a chat. And every day of last week, it looked like there might be someone else available, um, but they weren't. Obviously. I mean, obviously, they're super busy right now, and I'll try to get someone for a later date. My bad for not having someone else lined up as a backup. I'll make sure next week. Which brings me to a review the show got from Marie in the US just today. Thank you tons for the five stars, Marie, and for leaving a review. And she asked that I look into the cops that killed George Floyd um, on this show as one of the sections on this show. And look, I would love to. I would love to do that. Um, but I feel there are better equipped podcasts and shows and legal people to do that. Um, I'm, not, I'm a comedian. I'm not a top researcher. And I worry that I'd struggle trying to access or look into details of racist American law enforcement Um you know, in any sort of depth, I don't really have access to the research tools that people can do that with. Um, however, uh, I am very worried about the situation over there. And I'm also trying to speak to someone from the UK Black Lives Matter movement to have a chat with if I can. It's kind of hard. I don't know how I feel about this. I, I find it hard because the majority of you lot that listen to this show are in the UK. So I try and cater this to UK audiences, especially as there are zillions of good US politics ones out there. And God knows UK politics just needs its own one because things are massively fucked here. But George Floyd's death has resonated around the globe, and rightly so, it's horrific. And obviously, we've had and still have massive issues of inherent racism and police violence towards black people in the UK for years and years. So it's something I do want to cover too. Um, how to do it. Should I speak to US commentators or UK ones, um, if I can get either of those? And how much more pandemic stuff uh, should I cover? Are you bored shitless of it? Is it worth me still trying to get an epidemiologist on? How about someone that can talk about how the arts have been entirely screwed over? That's something I was hoping to do for a future episode. Feedback would and always is uh, great. And if you want to um, stick it onto a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that, of course, does really help too. Um, oh, and shout out to Data Tater 2 for the nice review as well. Much appreciated. Uh, what I will say um, is if you can support and donate to the Minnesota Freedom Fund, please do as it's helping to pay bail for black people in the US arrested during the protests. I've popped a link in the podcast blurb as well as the Black Lives Matter list of donation sites too. And if you know of any other good places to donate to or support, uh, please let me know and I'll happily plug them here and social media places too of course uh, if somehow after all that you still have extra bucks that you'd be happy to send to me to buy dinner things with that I can have to give more characters to than Game of Thrones then please do that at uh, ko-fi.com forward slash parpolbro or patreon.com forward slash parpolbro and big thank you to Scott for joining the latter and Mike, Claire, Christine and Anonymous for the former I don't think that's anonymous as in the hacktivist group by the way but shout out to them if it is as I'm a big fan of that thing you do with your voices the way it goes all deep and stuff Oh, and a shout out to James who PayPal'd me something direct on account of refusing to give any of the sites a cut, which I like. Yeah, power to the people. Take that. Take that. Um, have also started their own donation thingy called Supporter that sticks a link on every podcast. And look, I'm going to be honest. Um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put it on here because it's easy and I can. But they charge like 12% of each donation. So don't use it unless it really is the easiest way to send something over. Um, that's what I say. I'm, I'm sort of sabotaging myself there. I probably shouldn't tell you that, but... Uh, just so you know, like Kofi is, is better, PayPal, but whatever. Anyway, uh, right, that is it for admin chat. As I said, no interview this week. Um, I will try my best to sort something out for next week. And instead, look, I thought I'd treat you um, to a look at just whether the UK's five tests for lifting lockdown have been met. Spoilers! No, they haven't! And I mean, just turn off now and enjoy your life. I mean, this episode is shorter than usual, so... I hope you use that extra time properly, like either listen to something calming or maybe listen to the show all over again, you know, while singing along to the bitch you know. Do something nice. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There is a chance that you're listening to this while standing in a park with friends, realising that months of social distancing mean that you actually have very little to talk to them about, so you may as well catch up on podcasts. Or perhaps you've been shielding due to health conditions, and because you know that the UK government are extremely trustworthy, you heard they said it was okay to see friends and family, and are listening to this while running around a garden centre trying to catch people's coughs with your mouth. But if you've been watching the stats bit on the daily briefings, you know the bit where someone supposedly clever says, it's clearly going away because no one caught the bus or something, uh, you'll notice that we haven't actually moved yet on the coronavirus alert levels or met all of the five tests that we had to to progress. Yet, here we are with schools in, work going back and Matt Hancock getting excited about horses like he's a six-year-old at a petting zoo. So, what's going on? Well... I obviously have no actual clue, but you might hazard a few guesses that either the herd immunity strategy has come back, despite all advice being against it as it would lead to many unnecessary deaths, you know, a bit like all the ones we've already had. Or maybe it's because they're running out of ways to pretend that anyone actually likes Dominic Cummings and wanted to get public approval back by just letting everyone leave their house, or as Johnson calls it, captivity. Or maybe they were so worried about the economy that they don't realise that actually what's worse for the economy is everyone being dead, as dead people aren't very good at buying stuff, though it is great news for the funeral industry and actually Tory membership as they seem to be propped up by quite a lot of corpses. Or maybe people were naturally bored of lockdown and really struggling with it and rather than incrementally lift things the government just thought fuck it let's tell them to do what they want while also saying not to and then it's all their fault instead of ours. Or maybe just maybe they're really thick and they think germs are the size of dogs and everyone can just sort of hop over them they try hard enough especially as it's sunny you'll be able to see them from further away. Anyway, uh, whatever it is, uh, this week I thought I should give you a quick rundown of the five tests and exactly where the UK is with all of them, and then you can decide for yourself if it's safe to go out hopping over germ dogs with everyone else at the beach. Test one, the first one, obviously, uh, was making sure the NHS can cope with coronavirus surges and can continue to have sufficient capacity for patients. I mean, yes, it did cope, and only, let me make this clear, because only because you all clapped and no other reason at all, obviously. It's like a Tinkerbell or something. It's the only way she survived. And you did that. You did that with doctors and nurses. 
No, actually, really, though, uh, the NHS did cope because the NHS is amazing. But damn, it had a hard struggle with more healthcare worker deaths than ever should have happened due to a lack of working PPE, uh, hospital beds having to be bought from private providers, and so many other appointments, operations and treatments having to be postponed, which could have led to further deaths or complications in some patients. But now less than a third of hospital beds in the UK are occupied by COVID patients and the Nightingale Hospital in London, open just to meet demand, is non-operational and on standby. So yeah, this test has been met. Would it have been met easier without 10 years of cuts or lockdown happening at least a week earlier and preventing thousands of deaths? Of course. Does the fact that the NHS managed to cope on a shoestring budget mean that the government will pretend it's fully functioning and will cut more from its budget as though it's some sort of endurance challenge? Of course. Let's see how they do a second wave, but with a bed disappearing every time the music stops. I mean, I wouldn't put that past Matt Hancock at all. There are rumours, and by rumours I mean people in the NHS who I follow on Twitter and my mother-in-law, all of whom have said that staff in the NHS are semi-preparing for a second wave of patients in July due to lockdown being lifted. So all I'd say is that if you do fancy getting the old COVID, best you do it a week or so ago in the past, or you'll have to queue in midsummer when it's all the rage again. The second test is whether there's been a sustained and consistent fall in the daily death rates, which there has if you count the deaths in hospitals that we hear about and some of the care home ones. But there's a lot to say that government is still missing lots out, not including today, where they announced the daily death rate was 111, but the overall count increased by 556, because, you know, maybe they happened just before midnight so they didn't really count or something. While the current government figures suggest there have been just under 40,000 deaths from coronavirus, the Office for National Statistics a week ago said actually it was closer to 51,000, with excess deaths at this time of the year compared to previous years being over 60,000. We have the highest death rate in Europe and second highest in the world after the US, but per million people, we're still actually on top of the global figures. Like absolute champions, number one! Number one, no? Oh. Oh, sorry, no, sorry. Is our death rate going down though? Yes, definitely. As down as we'd like it to? No, not at all. On Friday, for example, Spain had two coronavirus-related deaths, Ireland had six, and the UK had 324. It's like watching a race where you see first and second come in, but the one you're supporting doesn't arrive until several years later because it turned out they'd worn all the wrong kit and run a completely different route due to lack of planning. Has the UK passed this test? Sure, I mean, why not say it has? Deaths are going down, but it's like saying one of the tests was me eating less crisps in a day, and then one day I dropped a crisp on the floor so I didn't eat it, and therefore I've passed. Rather than, you know, me not actually eating any crisps. Is it safe to let me back into the world where I might eat more crisps? Definitely not, I'm definitely going to eat some crisps. Is it safer than before when I'd have eaten even more crisps? No, it's worse, because now I'm one crisp down and I need even more to fill my hunger. No, okay, I don't think this analogy works either. And now I just really want some crisps. But you get what I mean. Test the third. Is the R down to manageable levels? You remember the R, right? You remember the R? George R.R. Martin has two of them. Same with Tolkien. J.R.R., there it is. It means the reproduction numbers. Yes, that's right. George R.R. Martin and J.R.R. Tolkien have or had the fertility of rabbits. That's why George can never get that book finished. Always fucking. Sorry, uh, what I mean is it's the number of people one infected person will pass the virus onto, with COVID averaging about three, but estimates are varied. The aim for the government was to get the R level down below one, because over one and it quickly jumps up higher than that and spreads quickly. So currently, as of yesterday, the estimate for the UK was 0.79, with just under 2,000 confirmed cases. But those are, of course, just confirmed ones, and actually a lot of scientists say it's nearer 8,000, just with ones that we don't know about. Also, different places in the country have different R rates. I mean, Windsor and May Maidenhead was 1.47 because stop licking things, the Queen, stop it. Whereas Vermana and Amana had minus 0.99, which I think means everything's reversed, and actually the virus there has been infected by a few people. 
The rate has dropped, which is good, but various estimates also show it's starting to rise again over the last four days. And with it being 0.7 to 0.9, it's not as low as many government advising scientists say it should be before lockdown is lifted, with 0.3 being more of an ideal. Have we passed test three? Well, yeah, but again, not as well as you should. I mean, it's like my pal who just scraped a degree by basically writing his name on the exam papers and little all else. Did he qualify? Sure. Should he ever be allowed to teach children? No, definitely not. Test four, ensuring supply of tests and demands for personal protective equipment can be met for the NHS and other services. Uh-oh, it's a no-no on this one for PPE, with mishap after stupid mishap ranging from turkey sending cloaks that weren't suitable to be worn by an Amdram Dracula production, to it being uncovered that individual gloves were being counted as separate items in each of the hospitals by the government. Care homes still don't have enough PPE, certain dental practices won't be able to open as they don't have enough at all, and schools in certain areas are getting them for staff too, which is good, but it means demands will actually increase. As for tests, well, according to the government, they hit over 200,000 tests one day last week, but they won't reveal figures for how. When they hit 100,000, that included ones that have been sent out but not actually taken, so there's every chance that this time they've counted pregnancy tests, diabetic blood tests, SAT tests and eye tests at castles. Yes, I've done that joke again and I will keep doing it until he at least says sorry. Pretty much everyone ever is allowed to get a test now, all the way from under fives to your nan's budgie. And there's also supposedly capacity for 40,000 antibody tests for healthcare workers, but the government haven't released any figures for how many antibody tests have actually been carried out, so we have no clue how that's doing. There's a lot of concern that tests are being pushed out and not done properly just to meet targets, and actually that the government should scrap targets and just try to test people properly as much as possible. But then what would Matt Hancock announce at the press briefings? Oh wait, about all the horsies and all those deaths that he keeps forgetting. Anyway, that's a big hairy note for test four. And the final one, test five, being sure that any adjustments to lockdown restrictions wouldn't risk a second peak. Well, without a vaccine, you can't really say yep ever to this one. But four different SAGE scientists, the Association of Directors of Public Health, the Royal College of Nursing and professors at London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine have all spoken out about how lifting lockdown measures right now means that there'll almost certainly be another peak. And it's a stupidly stupid risk. The government have said that this lockdown lift is worth it due to our world-beating track and trace system that is so world-beating it's not actually operational yet. None of the staff say that they've been trained properly, the app steals all of your data and sells it to big corps, and no one's sure how they'll stop scammers from ringing you up and telling you you're so full of Covids because they're that person at the bus stop you did sex with, and now you have to give all your savings to this definitely NHS registered bank account in Outer Mongolia. Saying that, there is hope that the warm weather will aid in the killing of the coronavirus, that it's harder to catch outdoors if everyone does keep their distance, and as long as everyone's sensible and doesn't all just go to Durdle Door on the weekend, then we should be fine. Oh. Oh well. Look, hey, three out of five ain't bad. Okay, two and a bit out of five. Okay, one definitely two sort of mostlies out of five. Well, I'm sure it'll all be fine. And if it isn't, well, I wouldn't worry, as Matt Hancock will just forget to tell you at the daily briefings that they won't be doing anymore, and so you won't have to care. Good luck out there, and maybe don't do a sex with that person at the bus stop just yet. And that's all for this week's uh, slightly shorter Partly Political Broadcast podcast. There's no hot pole goss fact this week because you haven't earned it, what with this week's show being, you know, less time. You hear me? It's only for them long episodes, the proper long episodes. Yeah, that's the rule I've just made up about the hot pole goss facts because I haven't actually got round to writing one this week. That's right, government, I can do it too. I can make up those rules. Yeah, maybe everyone who hated the hot politics gossip facts and shielded themselves from them are safe to listen to this show again right now, even though I'll bring it back for next week. Yeah, I can, I can do it. I can do it too. 
Thank you for listening. I uh, promise I'll try to get an interview for next week's show. And if you do enjoy any of this at all, please spread the word on all your socials. Give us a nice review on your podcast apps of choice and chuck us a quid to the Kofi Patreon and probably not the ACAST supporter thingy. Thanks tons to Acast, except for their supporter thingy. Uh, my bro, the last skeptic, Cat Day for the linear live notes, and Mushy Bees for artistic wonders. This will be back next week as it emerges Donald Trump only classed Antifa as a terrorist organisation because he thought they were an international football club for ants and he doesn't like ants because they're too small for him to understand. Bye! This week's show has been sponsored by Matt Hancock's Funeral Service. Come to us with all your family's needs for your dead relative. Sorry, what needs were they? Oh no, I don't remember you telling us about anyone dying. Are you sure? Are you sure that's... I don't think, I don't think anyone's died at all. Maybe they're just asleep. Wouldn't worry about it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.